girl Calvin and I am here with Kristen and we are bringing you season three episode two of You Better Than Me the podcast. What's up Kristen? Nothing much girl. How you doing? I'm here. I'm I'm not gonna lie you still kind of got me a little shackled from that conversation we had on episode one about the imposter syndrome. I'm not gonna lie you had me questioning a lot of things. Yeah, after that episode, like, I remember getting off and, like, just going to Pinterest and just looking at um, imposter syndrome affirmations. I also shared with my friend, and I, well, I asked him before I shared with him about doing affirmations, and he said that he would research it because he didn't he didn't know anything about it, but he was like, he would research it and see, so. That's just, that's I don't even know if men do affirmations, like. I feel like you're right. You did say something about we needed some men on the show to to talk we about do. it. Because I feel like that's a whole episode by itself too. But I'm glad you went in like a positive direction. I feel like I probably did everything that we weren't supposed to and like went down the rabbit hole of like negative things. Now, I, I ain't oh. going to say negative. <laughs> I, I won't say like super negative, but it did cause me, I guess, maybe to do some comparison but like self-comparison, I'm thinking like, well, dang, if I had known this during my Amy era, would I have been doing this? Or had I known that X, Y, Z, like it just opened up like a bunch of questions that I hadn't really thought of. And I don't know, you, you kind of, I, I might need you to put your psychology major <laughs> back on for this episode. Because I, I, feel, I still think I need to work through that a little bit. I, I'm gonna do what I can. I ain't never been no psychologist, but I can do what I can. Um, I think that I had a conversation with another gentleman, and we were just talking about um, male and female relationship. How, of course, you know your man is the provider, or whatever, but you also need your woman to be that softness. So when I introduced it to him, I I introduced it to him in a way that he would think something that he never thought before, and so I think that he he took it that way. Like, hey, I never thought about this because us girls like. We be on stuff. That's why it's so easy for us to go on a girl strip. That's why it's so easy for us girl. to hang out with girls. That's so. That's why it's so easy for us to talk deeply and to speak deeply and to cry and stuff like that because, you know, we're into doing all of these things, whereas men don't really tap into that side of them. And I mean, I feel like the first step of tapping in to me is journaling, you know, because oh. you're sitting there with your emotions. So you can journal. I, I haven't asked him if he journals, but I will ask him that. I know that he has gone to counseling, which is another thing that's really, really good in instances like this. But I think that if he added in an affirmation, even if it was a weekly affirmation, just to give to himself, like just saying the same thing all week, I think it would probably trigger something. And for all of us, I think it would do something because, you know, as you continue to say something, you know, you you start believing it, you know, words have power, like we say. Yeah, we do say that and everything. And I, I mean, I feel like myself personally, I should be a bigger advocate of journaling but life gets in the way sometimes I can't front like I feel like just being in a transition season that I don't find enough time to like sit down with myself and be like all right you're a bad bitch like you got it going on like you're doing good um I had bought my husband a journal and he looked at it like girl what is this but it was like a black man healing journal that I bought from Kendra Stories the black bookstore out here shout out to Kendra Uh Stories and it was kind of like, okay, well, you go sit and do these prompts or whatever. But then I'm looking at myself like I'm a writer. You know, I do workshops. Right. I do all these different things. But when it comes time to like sit with myself and like actually pour all this stuff out, I feel like I've been hesitating. I can't lie. I've been dragging my feet. It's I don't know if it's like scared or fearful or, or just feeling 
I don't know, like I don't really want to do any more shadow work, as people call it, with myself. Um, but I've been shying away from it. Like I really have. But I, if I'm being honest, I don't think I've journaled. If I've journaled this year, it was probably in January sometime because I've had a lot of like outside stressors, whereas I'm dealing with other people's issues. They aren't mine, but I guess because I'm an empath, like they become my issues and now I have to take them on. So I remember completing one journal and then I went out and I purchased another journal because for me, I always say when I need to journal, I start getting mind fog. And then Mm -hmm. I know that like I haven't journaled because if my house isn't where it needs to be, like if it's messy, I just can't do it. And right now that's the space that I'm in. It, it won't be messy by the time that you visit me, but it is pretty bad. And I think once I get everything cleared out, I can have a clear mind and then I can start journaling. And I think that this journaling also helped me answer my own question. On our last episode, I was like, someone presented me with an opportunity and I felt like I didn't have any talent. But I think journaling could be uh, something that I could do with the students. Yeah. I don't know how receptive they would be, but I feel like that would be it. I could set a prompt or whatever, because I think a lot of times um, journaling for me is a brain. Like you can empty out your brain. But I also think aside from that, it's also a good way to use your imagination, too. And I think as adults, we forget that we have an imagination. I mean, we have a mind that is so complex that we should be using in every avenue, which leads me to think, like, are there some things that, you know, you would tell your younger self, you know, um, yeah. to help you along this journey. <laughs> I feel like I could have had so many conversations with young Fal, even just like the different decades of me. When I really just think about it, like I've been so many different versions of myself that it's damn near on some split personality type stuff. Like when people think of 20s Fallon, it's a whole different chick than it is now. When I talk to people that went to college with me, like, I, I feel like <laughs> that person does not even exist anymore. Like, parts of her do, but, like, I was a little just, I don't know, rebellious, maybe. Maybe that's the word. But, like, I didn't want to necessarily fit the status quo. Like, I had moments where I wanted to fit in and I wanted to belong, join organizations and do all of these things. But then, ultimately, I always kind of was on some, I want to do me. I'm I'm about it. I want to do me. I want to do my thing. And (laughs) I think me and her would have had a lot of conversations. Yeah, I think if I could tell my younger self something, I would probably say that failure is not real. Um, I think that like as soon as I did something and maybe I didn't exceed or I didn't pass, I let it um, just bring me down so much that I didn't do it again. Like just (laughs) had it shaking in my boots. And so I think about, you know, different times where I've done that, like, Failure isn't real and you need to continue the course because there have been so many things that I said I wanted to do that I was really good at and I just didn't continue. I let me get in my own way. Being afraid of failure probably has stopped me from doing a billion things. And I feel like I rewind it back and go talk to high school Fallon Mm -hmm. because she was in that kind of shy girl, kind of wanted to be popular do her thing but she was so scared to talk she was so scared to like use her voice and like speak up I don't know if it was fear of being wrong getting the answer wrong or fear of what other people would say like the judgment or like what the response would be but she was so just frightened I would tell high school Fallon talk your shit 
and don't care mm-hmm. what anybody else is going to say. I would definitely be like, speak, raise your hand, even if the answer's wrong, laugh it off. I can remember the class clown didn't care that they raise their hand and say whatever they wanted to, and it could be the dumbest shit ever. But they mm-hmm. just laughed it off, and they was, you know, so unapologetically themselves that they didn't care. They Whatever came out was going to come out. If the class laughed, if everybody called them dumb, they got a giggle out of it, whatever. But they were fearless, and I would definitely tell teenage me, get a little uh, fear factor remedy because who cares? All these people that listening to you or judging you right now as a teenager, their voices are going to be so irrelevant when it comes to how you're going to be living your life right now. And even just looking back, it's like, damn, all these people, we are all equal playing field now. Like all that popularity scale and who was who and who did what like that stuff seems so irrelevant as a 40 year old now like psh, yeah it's definitely irrelevant and I mean I think I mentioned this in the last episode but um someone else is I think I was speaking about it with a friend as well but each day is a new day to reinvent yourself like even if you fail the day before you can do it again the next day and succeed so it's just really having that personal drive within to just continue until you make it like there are some people that's like I tried to launch this business 50 times and they speak about the failures that they had. And on the 51st time was a time when they actually succeeded. So I wish that I just had that drive in me or maybe a push from family members that saw something in me to say, no, keep going, keep going. So yeah. Do you think that that it would have made a difference or do you feel like telling yourself that would have been the difference? Because I feel like we talk about like what our family or parents could have done or whatever. But at this point, even that starts feeling irrelevant. Like it it starts feeling like a crutch, like, well, if my parents had to let me do this or whatever, whatever. Like, I feel like all the things that I probably was told that I couldn't do, I have done or reclaimed Mm -hmm. them. Like it hasn't really put a, a barrier or a burden on like me moving forward. I can remember my parents were like really strict um, as far as like wanting to go out and do all this stuff. But then I feel like, oh, teenage college Fallon, when she left state lines, crossed them state lines, she did everything she wanted. And (laughs) (laughs) unapologetically, now I would tell her to sit her ass down and probably pay a little bit more attention in certain classes and apply for a little bit more internships and things of that nature, take more challenges. But do you really, do you feel like at this age we can like, put stuff that we haven't accomplished or didn't do on our parents? Oh, no, not at all. So I'm definitely not saying that I would put it on them. But if I could go back, I would hope that they would encourage me to do like if they saw something in me just to push me to do things more like I wasn't really in a lot of activities or things like that. But you can't say that I wasn't a you can't say that I wasn't a talented child. Like I didn't play any sports. I did a lot of ROTC uh, activities, but I didn't do like I don't know. I did drama club, which was fun because, you know, she is the drama. But like I didn't do like, you know, I didn't do like modeling or anything like that. Like my my coordination wasn't good enough to be a cheerleader. So like I didn't do anything like that. So I wish that if they would have saw my interest or saw that I was good at something, they would have pushed me. But I'm not the type of person where I feel like if I didn't accomplish something, it's my parents fault. like, well, if they would have did this, like, no, this is just a this is just a. a one a one time saying like yeah I wish they would have just pushed me but 
it's nothing that I lean on where yeah. I'm like, I didn't accomplish this because y'all wasn't there. Cause that's definitely not the case. I will say yeah, you know people still my mom, it, right? you know, I know somebody in my family day and I'm like, can you please get off this rock? But I would feel, I would say my mom was like one of my biggest supporters, like, Oh yeah. Hands right. down. Like, and that's one thing I miss about her not being here. Cause I'm like, Oh, I know I could go to like my biggest supporter if something happened, but no, I don't lean on that. Um, and also, when you said, would you listen? I'm not 100% sure because, you know, there are things that you see in me. There are things that my other yeah. friends see in me that that you could say, girl, you would be really good at this. But if you don't believe it for yourself, it does not matter. It's not going to come to fruition. So it's that it's that inner self-talk that has to change that, you know, um, it definitely needs to change a little bit earlier than later. Because imagine mm-hmm. if our inner self-talk was more positive, like, Oh, I can do anything. Cause there's some little girls out here that's like, oh, I can do that, even if they can't do it. Their mindset is still, I can do it, and that that alone will take you so far. So that's what I'm saying. Like mentorship is so important because sometimes you just need someone that may be a little bit older than you or whatever, just to just to give you that push as well, or just to give you these stories like what we're having here. You know, it sounds different from different people. So I think sometimes that could be helpful, but you still got to have the inner drive. Yeah, I feel like the younger sisters and, and, and brothers are maybe maybe that generation has a little bit more gumption about them. I'm sound like somebody mama, so they got a little bit more gumption. Because <laughs> my little cousins, they they don't have a, a stop button. Like whereas the older person's probably looking like, oh, they reckless, they making wrong decisions, but they are so just free. Now that I'm a little envious of, just like that freedom to fuck up and not be scared that the consequences now maybe they are scared maybe they just show it a different way but i feel like our generation they they made us feel so just like forced to be great like whitney houston out here telling us the children was the future they had us in there they had us scared straight people were scared to talk (laughs) about sex i remember in high school if you gave head you probably was like public enemy number one they dragged Mm -hmm. your ass like it was just so much stuff that we were told was bad and like I feel like that was a, a negative like they forced us to go to school like mentally if you don't go to college if you don't do this if you don't do all these things you won't be great yeah. and I feel like now there are so many other paths to success that don't have anything to do with all the stuff that we were preached and told growing up like baby these student loans like if I, if I had known that you know owning a beauty shop would have been popular or doing hair or doing all these alternative careers I would have probably told younger me like explore a little bit because in my mind the only way to be successful was either you were going to be a doctor you were going to be a lawyer or you were going to be a teacher and now that I know how much teachers actually pay I was like girl the fuck were you thinking but in my mind that was like one of those glorified jobs that was like prestigious like you was the shit if you were a teacher so in my head those were like the three grown making it successful jobs so when I went to college I didn't even know what engineering and all these other things were and I don't know maybe I didn't do enough research in the right things or maybe nobody told me in my high school but I had no idea that people could be a computer science major or major in business like I didn't know anything about it I just knew like three career paths like three major yeah, career yeah. paths and it's so many <laughs> other ways to be successful and I really wish I could go back and tell little little 19 20 17 year old me even that there were other paths to success than just the traditional routes 
But see, again, that's where uh, that's what a mentorship comes in. At, and then that's also where um, and you and I have spoke about this on a different platform exposure, because one of the things I said before, like if I were to ever have a child, <clears throat> excuse me, guys, I'm still under the weather. But if I were to ever have a child, like each year, whatever interest I see my child have, like he playing with fire trucks, we gonna spend at least six months of the year going to the fire station because this is something that you want to do when you get grown. Oh, the next year you like soccer. Do you really like soccer? Do you see soccer as a career? Okay, let's let's look at this. Oh, you bringing rocks in the house. You want to look at archaeology or something like that? Okay. Like, let's look at it that way. You're exposed to so many different things so that you know that whatever you want to do is is up to you. And I think that, you know, I think that I personally think it's a disservice to push college on someone when you don't have no college plan, but that's just me. If you can't afford Ooh. to support, if you can't afford for your child to go to college, I do not think you should be pushing college on them. I think that you should be looking at some other alternatives. Um, or pushing scholarships. Or pushing scholarships, but every, every student. I've never heard nobody say that before. Oh yeah, I, I've always felt like that because college wasn't my first choice. Remember? Oh yeah, you did. College you wasn't my first choice, around. even though. Yeah, and even though I had family members that were educated, my mom was a teacher. My aunt, you know, went to uh, Morris Brown. My dad and my granddad went to, um, what's that school called? Morehouse. So I had people that went to college around me. But I think even though my grand my grandparents were old school, they were kind of new school in the way. My grandma said to me, like, this is your life. Like, when you graduate, this is going to be your life. So whatever you want to do with it, whatever you decide to do is what you can do. But I just feel like, at 18, your brain is not fully developed yet. You know what I'm saying? You haven't seen mm -hmm. anything. You haven't experienced anything. And I almost feel like at 18 or maybe that last year in high school, we should go back to trades. Like everybody mm -hmm. should have to get a trade their senior year. Um, it would advance, I would say, the economy. Because think about it. We make nothing here. Girl. If we had a trade, all of that would change. Every high school student has a trade. Then you can say, oh, well, maybe I do want to go to college, but not just yet. I want to work on my trade for two years or whatever and get me a business going. Then I go to college for business school. So I just think a little bit different when it comes to education and things like that. If I could go back and do it again, I don't think I would have gone to college or not gone to college directly. I would mm -hmm. still want to pledge. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> and I would want to pledge, but not join a sorority. So you you take that however mm -hmm. you want to take it. But um. <laughs> But no, I would not have gone to college. I would have really wanted to focus on things that I were that I was good at and things that could possibly uh, make me happy as a person before seeing the dollar sign. Ooh, I don't know if I could say that I wouldn't have went to college. I wish that I had a maybe worked before going to law school. Like okay. I probably would have wanted to like I no. Let me rewind it. I would have still went to school. But I probably would have explored more career options. I would have done like maybe a different major that was not just a blanket major. I was a poli sci major like that sending you up to either teach or go work in the mall somewhere. Like it's not necessarily something that's technical. I wish that I would have like explored something technical. So even if I went and graduated tomorrow, I could go walk up somewhere and get a job because I got skills. I have tangible skills that I could use without having to go get additional training. Because I feel like my whole social structure was created in like college, in law school. Like mm -hmm. that would erase so many opportunities to explore who I was and my identity and like 
figuring out the type of people I like to be around, the type of person that I was, because I feel like in high school, I was kind of sheltered. Um, I kind of didn't necessarily get the chance to just be around that many different people. So I feel like I probably would have switched it up, maybe done something where I had to get my hands gritty, do something with my work, something tangible, and then worked instead of going straight to law school, because that I feel like even the transition from like undergrad to professional school was crazy because I still was out here with the mindset that this is just college. This is like 12th grade part two of college. Like I was out here playing (laughs) their first year of law school when more mature people or older people who had been working kind of came in with a little bit more serious mindset. So that would have been one thing I would have done different. I would have definitely told young Fal to do some work. (sighs) I guess we're speaking about work and money. I guess that means it's time to take a break to pay the church's money. Yes. (laughs) So let's do that and we'll continue when we come back. Are you ready to take your streaming broadcast, website, or social media visuals up a notch? Pirate Media Productions is here with the perfect solution. From dynamics, design, and professional headshot shoots to family photo ops, they've got all you need for stunning content creation. Check out pyromediaproductions.com today and add that creative flair. Pyromedia Productions, setting brands ablaze since 2017. So yeah, I was talking about law school and all those things. When I think about law school, I a I'm not going to say I wish I didn't go because Mm -hmm. I don't know what I would be doing with my little poli sci degree. I probably would have just like pursued a (laughs) career in the mall and probably been like the regional manager of Express by now Um, because that was what my fallback plan was going to be. I feel like I could have been a nice little retail girly. I mean, those uh, regional managers be making that guap. Like people be trying to act like it's just a little slap upon job oh, no, when, them, when them bonuses hit they hit yes and them clothes like I feel like yes. I would have been uh spending all my little coins at express and hopefully <laughs> would have been like regional manager or up in the corporate office by now had I pursued that career 20 years ago but the law school thing my whole just like the advocacy for oneself the whole aspect of me learning how to talk my big shit and like be bold and unapologetic like that I got all of that in law school like I feel like just meeting the grittiest of people like bad bitches who was real upon unapologetic about just like they boss shit like that is where I got all that so I couldn't just say nah let me get rid of rid of that (laughs) you know because that was very much so uh, a big part of me and my identity but Maybe I could have saved them coins. I can't lie. I would have. I could have. I could have been an advocate in other ways. I could have lobbied, or I could have done something else to help people <laughs> versus racking up that debt. I don't yeah. know. And I know I I get where you're coming from with your poli sci degree because that's exactly how I felt with my um, psychology degree. I was just like, actually, I had changed my major because of fear. Um, yeah. It was fear of like taking a practice. I had failed, and I was like. Oh, I'm not doing this again or whatever. So then I changed it because the credits would transfer into psychology. And Mm. then I was just like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? I thought about going to grad school for um, a lot of different things, like industrial organization and things like that. But it was like, it would require me to move to areas that I didn't think I wanted to move to. So it was just a lot of fear factoring into a lot of things that I 
was into or thought I was into. Um, but I don't know. I also think, again, I keep speaking speaking about mentorship. It comes into play because there are so many people with poli-sci degrees that are doing awesome jobs that may not be related to the field of, you know, poli-sci. Same as with psychology. Um, I feel like psychology is equivalent to a teacher. Yeah. I feel like psychology makes every other thing just come together. Like you're going to need it in some way. Like it helps you in business and helps you speak to people, helps you to understand people. And these were things that I just could not relate until I had someone else that actually had the same major and possibly had a mentor that could like put these pieces together for them. And then they did that for me so that I could put it on my resume or so that I could move forward. Um, and start getting into a career per se. Mm. What would you talk to yourself, your 30, your 30 self? I feel like I have a bunch mm. of friends who are turning 40 this year. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, I turned 40 and what, what was that? Girl, what year is it now? 2022? You turned 40 in 2021. 2021, yeah. 2021, you turned 40. I feel like I've been talking big grown shit to everybody. Like, I'm 40. When you little girls grow up, I've been calling everybody little girls. You have. Telling everybody to get their weight up because they're not 40. And I have a homegirl who is turning 40 this month. And I'll be like, Noelle, hey, you need to do your thing before you turn 40. We were having a conversation like, well, you have you done enough like have you thought about this have you thought about that and just just kind of like hyping people up to turn 40 because I do have some friends who are still kind of like man I don't want to turn 40 but I'm like that but it's been the flyest decade so far for me so what would you tell 30s Kristen or like 30s people that are like mid 30s early 30s because I baby when I turned 30 you couldn't tell me that I wasn't grown grown and when I think back that little 30 year old Fallon wasn't even knocking on growth yet yeah, I mean, I don't really know because I still at 40 going on 41, I still don't feel like an adult. You know what I mean? And I feel like maybe it's because I have a childlike personality or maybe I see the world a little bit differently. I don't know like personality. That almost sounds like Well, you can have a childlike personality and not be um immature, you know what I mean? So I feel I'm not saying that I'm immature, but I'm saying that I'm just like whimsical. Oh, okay. Whimsical sounds like, better than childlike. Okay. Then that sounds like you saying you childish and you not childish. You a grown no, ass. I feel girl. like I have more of a, like a whimsical personality. So for me, until I get up and you know try to drop it like it's hot, I don't feel like I'm forty. <laughs> <laughs> but what I would say is enjoy enjoy the moments because I feel like thirty isn't the same thirty that our parents were because no. our parents were already married with kids, established, had a home, and. I feel like it comes back to the whole thing of you. The only person you should be comparing yourself against is the person that you were the day before. Because yeah, I do I still feel like in 30, 30. you know, people were still comparing themselves like, well, at this age, I should have this. And the thing about life is it just doesn't flow the way that you think it's going to flow. I feel like sure we all have what we're supposed to have when we're supposed to have it. Like, I think if I would have accomplished some things before my time, even buying my house at what, 36, if I would have gotten it at 32, do, do I, do I think I would have been able to keep it? No, because I had a, I had multiple layoffs. So I, I doubt that I would have been able to keep it. So I think again, like focusing on yourself and not saying that there is a time clock to do things because there really isn't a time clock to do things. I like to look at, um, you know, some of the people like, I think Oprah may be a, be a person. It's some other people where they really didn't pop until they was in their 40s and 50s. Mm-hmm. And when they pop, they pop. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, 
you don't know when you're going to receive the biggest blessing. It may not come in your thirties. You know what I'm saying? You don't know when you're going to have that life changing experience. It may not come in your thirties. So enjoy, enjoy the ride and just go with the flow. Like one of the things I remember this girl saying to me, and at the time, I think it kind of made me feel, it made me feel a way. I didn't feel bad or sad, but I was just like, mm-hmm. let me bite my tongue. Cause if I say something, it's going to be real off. So I bought my house at 36 and I think this girl was like maybe 32 or whatever. And she was like, oh, how old are you? Because nobody thought I was 36. They just thought I was the same age as them. I was like, oh, I'm 36. She was like, oh, 36. Well, I know I'll be done bought a house by the time I'm 36. Bitch. And now she's like 38. And I, a lot of times when I'm looking at her profile, I'm like, but you still where you at, you know? Mm-hmm. But the well, thing was, is, you shouldn't you should have never of, said yeah. that. You know that what I'm saying? Say. It was very shifty, but the thing is, what you're supposed to have, you're gonna have, and you're gonna have it when you when you're supposed to have it. And it's gonna it be was very shifty. It's gonna be just right. as good. Right. But when I'm thinking of like 30s and whatnot, I I was in a rush to get everything. And I feel like that caused me to make some yeah. fucked up decisions, like relationship-wise, yep. like trying to force shit. Like, well, shit, if I'm 33, I should be doing this, or I should be here, I should have a house, all these things forced me to like pull the trigger on stuff that I shouldn't have been just because I was trying to rush timelines. I wasn't going mm-hmm. on my timeline. I wasn't going on God timeline. I was going on the timeline that I saw everybody else having shit taken care of. And I, I will say love at 40 feel just as good as and way better. Let me not even say just as good. The shit feel better and it feel real than anything I tried to puppet master in my 20s or 30s like that that shit don't even seem right and I feel like comparing yourself to other situations which I know I did before and like trying to go tit for tat like well, okay if their relationship is right here then mine should be right here and xyz right. they're doing this like I did that shit a lot in my early 30s and it didn't lead to nowhere like but now that you're 40 you see that even doing that the people that you were doing it against it wasn't even real it's not because like people don't tell real. you and they don't show you everything that they're going through. And some of those mm-hmm. people might not even be together now. And most of them ain't. <laughs> and that's the, that, the, sad, the sad thing is we were looking at like a, a reflection of what really wasn't there. Like you mm-hmm. saying, the, the sparkle, the shadow is all long and tall and big, but you're not seeing the reality. You're not seeing the meat and bones of it. You're not seeing the inside. Like I wasted a lot of time. I'm I'm blessed that the Lord still saw fit for me to get what was mine, regardless. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't stray too far that I, I fucked myself out of the love that I deserved and, and was meant to get. But I would definitely tell 30-year-old me to sit her ass down and stop trying to make these right now niggas be forever because they are not. And you're not doing anything but wasting your time and your energy, um, your mind on people that are temporary, like all these people that you sitting up crying over or thinking that are going to be forever. Your forever is literally sitting around down the, on the other side of town waiting on you <laughs> to get where you need to be. Like wondering what's taking you so long to figure out <laughs> why you bullshitting with these people that you're not supposed to be. So me and thir- like 35 year old me, when I, I could just think like all this, like, Oh no, a breakup. Like this is the end of the world. This is my last chance and blah, blah, blah. This was supposed to be my love story. Blah, blah, blah. And now I'm like, damn, there wasn't even no fucking love. Like, that was literally mm-hmm. nothing. That was just t- a, a t- placeholder or just, like, trying to really make myself compatible with somebody who I wasn't even really compatible with. Like, it was a lot of just faking and shaking for something that was not going to be forever. And that would be 
the main thing I would be telling myself, like 30 year old you, 30, 30 to 35 year old you, run your own mother trucking race, like run your own race. Don't let what your friends got going on lead you to do stuff that you're wanting to. Don't let your friends cause you to have imposter syndrome, because for one, I'm a big advocate of you hang out, iron sharpens iron. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that I'm not, I'm going to drop somebody who don't have their stuff together. No, that's not the case, but you got to have an upward trajectory. Like I'm not, you do. I don't want to be around people who are not going in the same direction as me. Like, I don't want to be around people who are okay with, with being in the negative. Like, that's not what I'm trying to do. So I want to be with go-getters, but also in that same accord, you got to also know that you clapping for your friends, you clapping for your mm-hmm. peers and you're not, don't let their success cause you to feel like you're an imposter. Like you don't belong there too. Like that's something I'll say maybe is a lesson that that's showing his head in the forties. Like I can't compare my marriage to other people's marriage. I can't compare right. my, what, what accolades and how many, if I'm sitting on the bench right now or whatever, to where I'm at in my career, because God is leading my path. He's leading us to, to what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so I think that's one that, that I, I'm gonna sit with, um, in this, this season, as we were talking about imposter syndrome on, on episode one and kind of use that as a little security for myself because the behind the scenes, you don't always know what's going on. And even for mm-hmm. people that may be looking at like what we got going on, like, oh, it looks like they having the best time, blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> right. it's work. Like, every, it's, everything is work. Like, even doing this, like, mm-hmm. girl, we, they on, they got a podcast, they lawyers, they, they got nice jobs, they in Jamaica, they doing all this stuff. Like, <laughs> It was some, it was some, some, uh, some grizzly, little grizzly bearish to get here. Like it wasn't just on no, yeah. snap my fingers and and good things appear. Like that's never the case. We're not saying the hard work ain't gonna happen, but I mean at least we make it look good, I guess. But <laughs> it's it's still work. Yeah, I mean it's definitely work. Um, I felt you when you said like leveling up. Like my thirties were really full of layoffs like it was a lot mm-hmm. of back-to-back layoffs and when I explain my resume I always I give it a name I call it a series of unfortunate events so mm-hmm. when people say why were you only here for this amount of time I was like oh I had a series of unfortunate events and then I go into my layoff uh, conversation but one of the things that helped me to lay uh, level up was one of my friends Adrian she had some friends and she would always talk really highly of her friend Keisha her friend Keisha was like the person who excelled in her career. She had a nice house. She had a nice car. She had a daughter. Like, I think my friend Adrian looked up to Keisha. And because mm-hmm. I looked up to my friend Adrian, I was like, okay, this is cool. So Adrian invited me on a trip with Keisha and some of their friends. And like, just being in that whole vicinity just made me feel like, girl, you can do it. You can go after mm-hmm. whatever you want. And at that time, you know, everybody over there was making six figures and I wasn't making six figures because I had literally just came off a layoff. So I was literally making nothing. And so when I just saw that they could do it, I'm like, you could do it too. And I'm sure one of the conversations was probably someone there speaking life into me, you know, to not be discouraged for where I'm at and things will come, you know, when they should, when they should come and it actually happens. So I totally believe in that whole leveling up, get you some people that are around you that's doing possibly what you want to do or that you, um, you know, just, you just look up to a little bit, not, not on no envy level, but that you look up to. Yeah. 
Oh, that right there is a word because that envy level type stuff. And even then, I that's a question. Like, have I ever been envious of somebody? Like, I don't right. know if I have. Now, I, I'm I'll say I always say that I'm like a person that doesn't suffer from like FOMO. Like, I don't have no problem sitting down. I don't have to go everywhere. I don't have to be at every seat at every table. I don't have to take every trip. I don't have to go to every show or whatnot. Like, I'm not a FOMO person. But have I ever been envious of someone? I don't know. I don't think I have. I've had FOMO, like some places I want. I mean, I got FOMO tomorrow. It's some stuff I want to do tomorrow, but tomorrow. I got practice <laughs> and I can't go. And now I'm, I'm, now I'm annoyed that the date changed to tomorrow. I'm, I have FOMO because my show is when it is. And that's the that's a big weekend for drinking. And now I can't go drink because, oh, you know, yeah, that's it. And I'm like, you really chose this show to be on this day when you like this holiday too. I was just like, are yes. you serious? Like I've celebrated the holiday with this, with my producer and now the show is that. So I'm having FOMO on that because I know everybody's going to be out having fun, but being envious, I've never been envious because I ain't no hater. Mm. And that's, and I've always recognized that what you supposed to have is what you supposed to have. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. I just never, I always tell people the feeling of jealousy is okay. Because a lot of times we have gotten in our heads and we say, even to this day, man, when is my time going to come? I wish, yeah. you know, I wish I had somebody to cut my grass. I ain't have to pay for it. I do wish those things. But it does not make me feel like, mm, well, she did, so she ain't that. I'm envious of her lifestyle. Yeah. I want it. I want to go push her out the way to get it. I've never felt that way. Me and neither. I only want what's supposed to be mine. Because if it ain't supposed to be mine, I'm not going to keep it. No way. And it ain't going to be that good. It ain't even going to be that good. It ain't good. It ain't yours. It's just going to be something to do. I ain't never been envious, but I do feel like there have been people who have maybe had some envy of what they thought I had going on and, and just didn't realize it was some struggle and some strife. But you know what? That is always the case because you mentioned me going to Jamaica and you know my whole travel situation. I mean, yeah. I'm not though a world traveler. And somebody was like, I was like, oh, I haven't been on vacation in this amount of time. And one of my homeboys, which he's cool, he probably listening, but he was like, cap. I'm like, first of all, I don't cap. And second of all, like, I literally just got a passport two days, what, two days, a day before the trip. <laughs> I literally got a passport a day before the trip. There, there's no cap in that. Like, they I don't know, no damn I don't know cap people are looking at me like, oh, this girl that went, you know, I just seen the seven wonders of the world because I've only seen them on the internet. You know what <laughs> so, so, you know. I think it just again, seems so worldly. I know I was shocked when he was like, I've never been out. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, this is so worldly. I, everybody was so shocked when I said that. I'm just like, okay, I, I guess you guys thought something else, but that's not the truth. Yeah, but that's but you, what it like is. I said, you, you seem so just worldly that I just assumed that you But had... one of my friends thought that my daddy paid all my bills. And I was like, oh, daddy. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I thought that your daddy, a daddy or a zaddy. Because I don't have neither one of them, but the zaddy would probably pay before the daddy, so I don't really know what you're talking about. I mean, when I heard what your daddy did, I was thinking y'all had a little coin stackings too, but then when when you know, when you get to know the, the see, and that's the same way, you can't just look and assume, you gotta you ask. You have to ask, ask. yeah. People you might think that them. I have some stuff, Ain't I, I could wholeheartedly say I ain't never got no handouts. Like it's been grit from day one. I'd have been working for a straight 20 plus years. Like right. my parents did what they could. They gave me the support. They took care of me when they were supposed to. Mm -hmm. I got it out the motherfucking mud though when it came time to every, 
everything that I have has been out the mud. And I know people, I have people that I'm close to who don't realize that they may have been living a little bit more of a life of privilege, but baby, it feel good when you earn it yourself. I ain't going to say that I wish some stuff didn't come. I don't even know what the opposite of out the mud is, out the sky, (laughs) maybe, I don't know. On a silver platter. Yeah. I never had no silver platter stuff, but I neither have I. Yeah, baby, I could have, I could buy it now. I could get my own platter, silver, gold, yeah. or rose gold if I wanted it. But that, that, that was not my experience. So that's maybe that's why I cherish and like value everything that that happens because I know that it was a reward of hard work and like perseverance right. and like actually and discipline right. and discipline. discipline. And that's what I say after my layoffs, like, you know, my story being laid off and not being able to renew my lease, having to sue my landlord. The discipline was for me was being able to save money because that was something that I didn't have nothing to fall back on before. But then the discipline was you get this little piece of money, save it, put it here, save it, save it. You know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, a lot of times people just don't know. I feel like you better than me if you don't pursue everything that's for you if you don't um if you allow fear to take you out the game you better than me and uh, I don't know you 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 better than me if you can't give yourself that drive for what you need to accomplish because it starts within first and that's a message to myself too because there are still things that I want to accomplish in this year in this day in this era that I need to really dig deep into like the drive that I have for myself to accomplish it, to get it done. So I'm going to be messy with my, you better than me. Ooh, you better than me. Love a messy moment. Yeah. You better than me for waiting to get that passport before you left the country. That's Girl, a shut the front door. Yeah. That's a little shady, <laughs> but yeah, that is very shady. Yeah. That that's some shade because my nerves would have been bad, but not on the cool. I, I think you better than me if you still are in whatever age you in sitting up blaming other people for where you are. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, because we are the captain of our own ships. Like life that's circumstances true. may be whatever they are, but ultimately we can kind of like forge our own course. Now I'm not I'm not being self righteous. I'm not saying that. Um, I, I'm oblivious to the fact that some people really have been dealt a hand of bad cards because I don't I don't know the reason why some people are struggling or dealing without or having to go through hard times. I've been through hard times too, but there are some hard times that are hard and and yeah. I don't necessarily see no way out of them, um, or at least a tangible way out of them. But I, I still feel that even those people that are falling under that umbrella, like it's, it has to be some good in the glory. Like it has to be something. I don't know what it is. And I'm not advocating for you to be jealous or mad or upset about it. I'm saying, get your mind together and, and try to find some way to dig yourself out of whatever hole you in, but you're better than me. If you are constantly blaming it on everybody else and not, taking accountability for yourself i don't know that that sounds like a whole different episode but that's that's what i was on (laughs) like i just i don't know and i'm a a journal i need to really get on it like oh yeah me too journal and affirmations yes call me out if if 
you hear me doing the negative self-talk or feeling like I'm doubting where I'm at. Um, I'm a good, all these things. I'm a good, we good podcasters. Look at us. We, we We thugging it out. We good. All of these things. Like there's no imposter in, in anything we got going on. Every, every word that's coming out of us was meant to, and, and we're where we're supposed to be. And I want the people to, to hold on to that also and know that they, they ain't got no, no need to doubt what they got going on and, look at those lessons and mistakes from, from those earlier years and, and maybe have a conversation and pat yourself on the back when you see what your, your younger self did and how you got here now and, you know, keep it moving. That's all I got. Yeah, I agree with everything that you said, guys. So we just really wanted to kind of continue from our whole, um, our first episode um, and move a little bit into this guy right here. But we are really happy that you guys we're rocking with us for the second episode, you know, uh, kicking it with us, even though you girls are a little bit under the weather. So uh, thank you guys for joining in and we will be back with episode three. Bye. Bye. Better Than Me is a podcast on Pyromedia Network, produced by Pyromedia Productions. Pyromedia Network and Pyromedia Productions are subsidiaries of Pyromedia Enterprises. For more information, please visit www.pyromedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening, and we will see you on the next.